Welcome to AmiSites, a podcast that offers you access to thought leaders who can help you expand your entrepreneurial toolbox. Learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have already walked in your shoes and can help you with your day-to-day business decisions. With your host, Ami Kassar. Ami is the founder and CEO of Multifunding, an advisory company that helps you grow and stay in control of your business. Hello and welcome. My name is Ami Kassar, founder and CEO of Multifunding. Since 2010, Multifunding has helped businesses achieve their highest growth goals through creative and personalized funding solutions, working with hundreds of lenders across the country. Joining us today is Jonathan Goldhill. Jonathan, founder and president of the Goldhill Group, is a business coach and strategist, specializing in guiding the next generation leaders of family businesses to scale up their businesses as they take control of the leadership and ownership of the family businesses. Our main topic today will focus on driving into John's new book. Welcome, John. Thanks, Ami. Nice how, to be here today with you. So how are you doing? Tell us all, tell us about your book and what's up. Sure. So uh, I'm doing great. I am in Southern California and things couldn't be better here. We're 70 degree weather heading into the mid eighties this week. So we are enjoying unseasonably warm weather. And, you know, Ami, I'm sitting here and on my desk here is a little booklet that I want to share with you. It's called The Principles of Doing Business. This is written by Joseph H. Cohen, who was the founder of Joseph H. Cohen and Sons, which was my great-grandfather. And uh, they had a men's clothing factory in North Philadelphia, which uh, is in a very famous manufacturing building there. It was a Sears building, a Ford motor plant. And, you know, he wrote this little booklet. I don't know when, there's no date. I'm, I'm guessing just from the look of it, it feels like it's written in the 40s or 50s, 1940s or 50s, that's clarification. And it's all his little sort of thoughts about business and how business should be done. And some of it's very specific to the clothing industry. Some of it's just general good advice. And some of it was his opinions about having men and women in the workplace together. It's, it's quite interesting. But like this is where it all started for me, Ami. My family's business was a very successful clothing business. I talk about it in my book. And it allowed me a certain privilege as a young adult growing up, sort of, I think, upper middle class privileged life, that uh, there was always a desire to give back. And I've been doing that work of giving back for my entire career. And so business consulting, coaching, uh, for me, 30 years of it, uh, working with small businesses, knowing that they need help. I know you can relate to that because you're out there helping, you know, fighting for small businesses. And so I wrote this book about family businesses, and I wrote it specifically for millennial next generation leaders who are looking for some kind of a playbook to scale up the business because they are not getting what they need to learn from their mother or father. And so what was originally going to be called like, what got you here won't get you there because what you learn from your mother or father is not, you need a different kind of mentoring to get you to the next level. And so that's why I wrote that book. And what's the book called? It is called Disruptive Successor, A Guide for Driving Growth in Your Family Business. And uh, I, I tell the story of one of my clients who is 
literally took over his family's landscaping business at the age of about 25, 26. His dad's still in it now, six years later. And we've taken this company of a million and a half dollars to about $12 million in revenue. And we're having fabulous profitability, north of 12%. And I mean, this is really good growth. And there's a lot of businesses out there that are not hyper growth. We're not talking unicorns. They're family businesses. They're in boring, you know, industries, construction, plumbing, roofing, just general, you know, manufacturing, whatever. And they're slowly adding jobs and they're keeping their people for a long time because they're very family oriented. And this is an audience that I've been serving for 30 years and just thought, you know, I really ought to write a book that speaks to that audience. So. So what happens? The next generation comes in and what are some of the typical challenges? So, you know, oftentimes you have a strong parental figure who is unwilling to let go very easily. And uh, my friend in, in the UK calls it the sticky baton syndrome, where he just doesn't pass the baton. And so in a case where the, let's just take a father and son, because that's the dynamic that I see all too often. In the case where the father was a hard driving entrepreneur and the son comes in and is either overshadowed by the father and, and never can compete, never can rival his dad. And so he just becomes subservient. And that's one sort of dynamic. And then there's the son who is vying to pull the baton out of the dad's hand and the dad won't let go that easily. And there's a bit of a father-son sibling rivalry, which was, you know, I talk about in my book because it was researched by a Harvard Business Review article back in the 1980s or 1990s. And what happens is, is the eventually either wrestles it away from him or he goes off on his own and creates his own business, either in the same industry or in a competing industry. And, and there are cases where, like there's a construction company in Northern California that's broken off into four different families where they compete on public works bids against each other. So that, like, that's the worst case scenario. And then there's the client that I had where there's a peaceful transition, a peaceful uh, transfer of power. And the son is given increasing more authority as he demonstrates that he knows what he's doing. And that's the audience that I really wrote about and wrote to in this book. And so oftentimes those situations, there's other siblings that are involved. And sometimes there's sibling rivalry going on. And those are also dysfunctions. So I have found that I work well in those situations to try and lessen sibling rivalry. And part of that is just done by just plain old business coaching or consulting, which is get people into their right seat doing the right things, which is kind of what Jim Collins talked about in his book. And so it's, it's let's just apply some basic business coaching principles to a family business. And let's look at the fact that we need to talk about the family dynamics, but we can separate those from the business dynamics. So what happens when, when you recommend a family is considering a transfer of power or a evolution of power or whatever you want to call it, what do you recommend they do? So typically I would start with some kind of an assessment and that could be actual instrument that'll be being loaded up onto my website, Disruptive Successor, or a more personalized assessment where it's a conversation. 
And the conversation that I have is with the successor and with the predecessor to understand, you know, what's your thoughts about this successor? Do they have the capabilities? Where are the deficiencies? So you're, you're basically doing, you know, exit planning, succession planning type of work, which is what needs to happen for the successor to give you the confidence that he or she can run the business. And then from the son or daughter's perspective or whoever the, you know, the, the successor is, what needs to happen with the current owner? What do they need to let go of? What do they need to stop doing? And so we have these conversations that we typically called, you know, start, stop, and keep. What should the successor and the predecessor start doing? What should the predecessor and the successor stop doing? And what should they keep doing? And so for me, that's my way of wrapping my arms around the business and assessing its ability or uh, the propensity to transfer power easily, peacefully, and successfully. Because ultimately, that's what families all want. I mean, most parents want their children to be successful. Some don't want them to outshine them. Some do want them to outshine them. And so my, my getting in there and trying to understand their motivations and the, the true psychological motivations behind it, I think can facilitate that. I know that sometimes when you say this is not ready to happen. I, I would absolutely say that's the case. Uh, I think of a client that I worked with the father and son, the father started the business and, you know, I was coaching him and the son and the son was really slow to grasp these, some of the concepts of what it took to run the business. And, and what I mean by that is, so, you know, the, the prototypical understanding of family business is that there's a driving force, an entrepreneur who starts the business and then the next generation either makes it better or they just become like the entitlement generation where they are in there. And, you know, we have to basically assess this. And it doesn't mean that someone who's acting entitled can't change to being more entrepreneurial because being an entrepreneur, you know, we're not born. Like I went to business school, the same place that you went to, where they had an entrepreneur program. And we always said, you know, entrepreneurs are not born, they're bred. Same thing with salespeople. You know, you're not born, you're bred. And so anyone can learn to get better. Some people are going to have more natural abilities. Other people are going to, some people are going to have more head trash or obstacles that keep them from that. But, you know, there are people who go around, people like Tony Robbins, who go around telling people that, like, you can be anyone that you want to be. You just have to decide what it is you want to be. And then you have to figure out how to close the gap between where you are and where you want to be. So a lot of it is figuring out, you know, what's their will? And then, you know, are they humble enough to learn? Because you have to be humble to be able to learn and to be able to get to that next level. What's the most exciting project in a transition that you've worked on that has really, you felt, made an impactful difference uh, to the family and the business and the people involved where you thought, this isn't going to work, and then it worked. Well, I don't know about one that I can say that wasn't going to work and then worked. Uh, I'll have to give that some thought. But there, in the book, I tell a story, and I keep weaving that story throughout the book, of Justin White from K&D Landscaping. And 
you know, when I was first brought on, the mother and father were running the business. They were Kendall and Dawn, and they were married, and they didn't think that Justin needed a coach or should hire a coach or they should bring this outside guy in. And Justin said, look, I really need to learn like how to take this business to the next level. And as soon as he got the green light, it was six months later. I mean, as soon as he got the green light to hire me, it was six months later that he became the president and CEO. And so that probably addresses that it wasn't going to work. It is going to work. And you know, now fast forward, I don't know, I think it's been six years that we've been working together. The impact that the coaching has had on Justin, I think, has been profound. He continues to up his game as a leader and has demonstrated that he can completely step away from the business. And he has built leaders by being a leader of leaders. And I think the work that I've done with Justin and the team and the coaching and, you know, the use of the scaling up book and the EOS traction books and, you know, all the all this learning that they have done participation in Vistage groups, and that it's elevated each person in that company. And I, I can think of one of the family members who's a minority shareholder. When I first started working with her, she was reticent to make the changes and set goals in the areas that we were focusing on. And we were very tactical at that moment. We were just trying to reduce accounts receivable, and we were measuring the days that, you know, the receivables and measuring it both in days and dollars. And we were setting short-term goals and setting some specific actions that needed to get done. Very good coaching stuff because it's it's about making behavioral change. And not only did, like once we got through that resistance, um, because partly I think it's because she built up her own personal self-esteem. And this year she did an amazing job of cutting the receivables days in half. And that was, I think, a really big phenomenon. I think they're down from about 45 days to 20 or 22 days. But more importantly is she's turned into a leader of the entire finance and administrative department in that company that's now well over 100 employees. And so this was a huge step up. And I know it's impacted her personally because when you're impacted like at that level professionally, it has a be- you know, beautiful way of flowing over into your personal life. That's awesome. So, Jonathan, are there steps you recommend? So say a a second generation is coming to the business, but it's early. And we know we're close talking about them taking over. Is there a path you suggest for that individual, what they do, how they do it, how they learn, how they integrate, et cetera? Yeah. so, um, So in my book, I put together a framework for basically a scaling up or or a growth framework. And so for that person to either take the leadership with me in implementing that framework in their business, um, whether they're a CEO or a president or they're just VP of operations, whatever that position is, I mean, this is a great opportunity for them to put this framework in place. And the first P in the framework, Ami, is purpose. And you've got to figure out, so this new leader, or leader to be, or or leader in, in training or whatever, has got to figure out what is his or her purpose in this business. It's not your dad's company or mom's company anymore. It's not their purpose. Figure out what your purpose is. For a lot of small businesses, ones that have only maybe scaled to 10 million or less, 
the purpose was just to probably put food on the table, get kids into college, you know, maybe buy a second home where they could go skiing or something, you know, that that's living large. But now the purpose has got to look something bigger and different. There's more stakeholders, there's more employees, uh, there's more shareholders, there's more families. They need to think bigger about their purpose. And then, and then we go through the other steps. You know, what's the plan? What do we want to look like in a year, in three years, in 10 years? Let's take a deeper dive look at our products or our services. How can we make them better? How can we deliver them in a more frictionless way? I mean, just what technology applications do we need to use to improve production or service and the delivery? And then we have the people, priorities, processes, and performance. All of these are framework pieces that they can start to put into place in the business. And it makes a lot of sense. And it's not hard. It just takes, it takes working on the business and not working in it and framing up some questions. Awesome. Jonathan, where do our uh, listeners find this book? So you can go to disruptivesuccessor.com. You can download some of my tools and get a free chapter. Or you can just go right to Amazon and you can download it on Kindle uh, or get the book. And I'd like to say the audio book is coming soon, but I guess I'm going to have to record it first. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. It's really interesting, and I know it affects a lot of our listeners and some really good food for thought. So thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Ami. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on Ami Sites with your host, Ami Kassar, the foremost SBA thought leader. Make sure you visit us at multifunding.com where you can meet our advisory team and learn more about how we help entrepreneurs fund their future.